Aurora of the Yukon, Chapter 13, Superintendent Sam Steele of the Northwest Mounted Police. We'll ground you two later. Right now, let's find Superintendent Steele. Kip's Dad, My Diary, Whitehorse Yukon, September 23, 1898. One of Mr. McCauley's men took us across the river to Whitehorse. We ran straight to Kip's house and got his dad. We'll ground you two later. Right now, let's find Sam Steele. Maman nodded. All six of us, plus D'Artagnan, started walking to the Northwest Mounted Police compound. On the way, I told Kip, Papillon, and their dad everything that had happened, right from Mr. Cicero and his odd fellows pin to our escape at Miles Canyon. We were just telling our story to the constable when Superintendent Steele walked in. Hello, all. I'm back from Dawson. Any news? He called to his policeman. Then he stopped, turned, and looked at us. As soon as he heard our story, he sent his men to find Mr. Cicero. He's probably either galloping for Carcross or planning to float down to Dawson and then into Alaska where we can't get him. The men came back just five minutes later with Mr. Cicero and Blackball. Mr. Cicero was smiling and telling them jokes. He was in a restaurant at the White Pass Hotel having ham and cheese sandwich and a coffee, sir, said the constable. Indeed I was, superintendent. I can't imagine that's against the law. But if there's something else I can help the Northwest Mounted Police with, I would be delighted to try. You can see what a good talker Mr. Cicero was. Superintendent Steele told Mr. Cicero what we had told him. Well, said Mr. Cicero with a smile, I'm glad that's all it is. We can clear this up right away. I did take Madame to the telegraph office in Skagway. I was tricked by Soby Smith, too. Terrible man. As for my name, it's Cicero Benjamin Clancy. I'm Mr. Clancy. I just let them call me Mr. Cicero because they're French. It sort of got started, and it seemed too complicated to explain to them. And as for the story about chasing them into Miles Canyon, well, it's just not true. Who would believe it? Me? Shooting at kids? I'm a respectable businessman, Superintendent. I think we've got a case of overactive imaginations here. That's natural enough for kids. I don't hold anything against them but I would like to get back to my sandwich. Superintendent Steele was looking at him. I don't think he believed Mr. Cicero, but he needed some proof. I suddenly realized that Superintendent Steele might have to let Mr. Cicero go. In fact, I think Mr. Cicero would have got away if he hadn't chosen that moment to straighten his suit and adjust the pin on his jacket. Superintendent Steele was about to open his mouth when Papillon's arm shot out. She pointed right at Mr. Cicero's pin. That's not the red, white, and blue pin that Aurora said he was wearing in Skagway. He's got a new one, just like Mr. Galpin at school. There was a total silence in the room for a minute. Papillon remembered my story perfectly. Superintendent, I said, check his cigarette case. I bet he's got 50 more pins in there, including a red, white, and blue Oddfellows pin. Superintendent Steele reached inside Mr. Cicero's jacket and pulled out a cigarette case. Inside were dozens of colored pins. One of the policemen pointed at a wanted poster. It's Masonic Mike, he shouted. No, he's Club Pin Clancy from Chicago, said another. What about Harry Handshake McGintry? Superintendent Steele looked sternly at Mr. Cicero. All of the above, I suspect. He reached inside Mr. Cicero's other pocket and pulled out some tickets. Looks like you were planning to use the widow's tickets yourself on the last boat out of town. He turned to his constable. You'd better get up to Copper Canyon. I bet you'll find the widow and her uncle tied up in the mine, just like Aurora says. I'll log Mr. Cicero and Blackball in jail myself. After Superintendent Steele congratulated us, and the widow and her uncle had been rescued from Copper Canyon Mine, we went back to Kip and Papillon's house. We started cooking a big dinner of mousse and baked beans, with lots of bread and butter, and a big Yukon cranberry and rhubarb pie for dessert. For some reason, our parents didn't even talk about punishing us for getting in so much trouble. Kip, Papillon, and their dad got out their special plates and cleared the big dining room table. I guess the three of them were used to eating in the kitchen, but that was too small if you included my mom, Eve, and me. We were just finishing our pie when Eve opened his mouth. Why are you sad, Aurora? My little brother always knows when my mom and I are upset. A little tear fell down onto my plate. I'm sad that we're leaving the Yukon. I don't want to catch the last boat tomorrow. You could see Kip was thinking the same thing. Papillon, too. 
She'd been sitting beside me, telling me stories and holding my hand all through dinner. She even had our dolls sitting together at their own dinner table. My mom and Kip's dad looked at each other. Kip's dad smiled. Well, kids, while you guys were out helping Superintendent Steele, Marie and I made a decision. We're going to get married. So they got married the very next day, believe it or not. Pepillon and I were bridesmaids, even though we didn't have time to get proper dresses. I wore the one I had worn over the Chilkoot, and Papillon wore her special yellow Sunday dress. Kip looked very handsome in his Sunday clothes, even though I think he felt silly wearing them. Eve sat beside Kip, with his three musketeers hat in one hand and his sword in the other. The widow and her uncle came too, just before they got on the last boat. They were a lot nicer to us than when we had seen them in front of the hotel. I'm so sorry I didn't listen to you when you told us about Mr. Clancy. I mean, Mr. Cicero, she said to Kip and me when she saw us. They gave a fancy card and flowers to Mama and Kip's dad. I guess I should call him my stepdad now. And for the kids, they gave us a real encyclopedia of our own. It didn't actually arrive in the Yukon until the spring, but they ordered it for us. We were so excited. The only other encyclopedia in Whitehorse was at the school, and Kip said it was missing the letters C and H. Mama looked very beautiful, and our new stepdad had a big smile on his face. As they walked back out of the church, I suddenly noticed Eve had disappeared. Where did he go now? I wondered. We found out when we left the church. Eve was standing in front of the church with his new friend, Superintendent Steele. They were both in their best uniforms, one blue for the musketeers and one red for the Northwest Mounted Police, and they both had their swords raised in the air, saluting us all.